Lauren, take two. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's office hours. No, so we uh, did a recording. Screwed it up. So we started again. Uh, I'll reset. Uh, I will not. We will not start again, no matter what happens. No matter what. Uh, uh, Lauren and I are here alone today, just mentioning that we had a uh, we have a push to production right now. I got Harry. Tim and Vassal started out in a good mood today, and we're excited for the office hours. And by the end of it, they said, "Tyler, we gotta we gotta keep working on this." So Lauren and I offer no value there. Um, besides, oh, like that, maybe that's wrong. Um, and so Lauren and I are, are soldiering through and keeping this habit of office hours, which this is office hours we determined with six. Oh my God, oh, just, oh, there we go. Yeah, 10. <laughs> which is, um, that's exciting. That's two hands. And again, trying to keep this consistent. So if even if Lauren, if you told me that you had something to do, I would still be here. So uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, every Friday. The idea of Lauren, you said last, like before in the previous recording, like this is a really good time for reflection. We're not usually so thick uh, into the thick of it, but lots of amazing changes coming into the app and sometimes stuff like this happens. So um, I'll ask you one more time, anything right off the top that you want to talk about or anything you're thinking about? Uh, sure. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, Otter has some uh, big news and yes. uh, we also just recently put out a, uh, a job posting for a marketing specialist we've had a lot of great people come in we're looking forward to uh, chatting with some uh, interesting people here so do you, you ever... want to talk into auto first That's cool. yeah let's do otter so otter i'm going to share this right i'm going to share that guy come on Tyler, you got this so <laughs> <laughs> you did it i did it so uh this is this is interesting so otter is a company that i mean a lot of people because they do transcription they just say Hey, what do you think about Otter? Or you know, how are you, do you different than Otter? What what is it is the same thing? And I remember when I first started building um, Speak, the first vision and concept of it was uh, it was pre-pandemic and people were getting together in person. So I was at Innovation Works, the co-working space that I was at, and I kept having meetings like all day, every day. And at the end of the day, I was like, man, I don't remember anything. And also I, I'm going to stop sharing, I'm just going to put a little preamble on this. I, I was just like finding too that the, I was having meetings and then I was either writing really good notes and having bad conversations or I was having good conversations and writing really bad notes. Yeah. So I wanted to build uh, an application that would allow me to simply record, which I mean, lots of apps for recording, but there was not a lot for uh, actually transcribing that recording and then um, actually making that useful. So I'm trying to think when that was, that would have been like 2017. And so I started working on Speak and Start really forcefully in 2018 at the start. And I remember the day, I'm not sure the exact date when Otter came out and I thought it was all over. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, it was so beautiful. It was so precise. It was the closest thing to the vision that I had at the time. Um, so a very sort of like, wow, I, I don't, you know, I've invested all this money, time. I had a, you know, a business that was growing before that and really went on the software route um, with this beautiful vision. And then to see this company have, uh, you know, a similar or shared vision, but move much quicker and deploy it live was uh, very frightening. So I don't know if you have any thoughts about that or just from your own awareness of honor, what your perspective is, or just in general, the market you're seeing and sort of transcription and meeting notes and productivity. Well, I found Otter to be a pretty good uh, inspiration. It really showed us like the path that we were heading towards anyways, but also seemed like, you know, we can't just do what Otter's doing because of course, already, yeah. we've already done it. So we have to innovate. We have to take what is available um, 
and try and find out how that could really add value to certain people. Like Otter seems to be a very uh, generic in a way, not in a bad way, more so in a way that it, uh, it caters to a lot of a lot of people. But uh, yeah. as far as what we're going for, we're more honing in on, you know, you get a transcript, but then what happens after that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what do uh, what can you do to really um, bring more value and uh, optimize your own specific workflow in a way? So we've been doing. Yeah. I think it's been very helpful for um, for marketers especially. Yeah. And uh, and also healthcare practitioners, they've been uh, they've been joyous over what we've uh, been giving them. So it's just uh, it's a lot of opportunity. It's a lot of opportunity to uh, to be different. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. That, well, thank you. And I appreciate I, I think the, you know, the interesting part is that I, I think there's a couple of core differentiators that, 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 that I see here. One of them being the multi multimedia. So audio, video, and text right now, the thing is they can now change things too. So right now they're focused on audio only and they strip out the video, but, uh, the, what I was sharing in that article, $50 million, bunch of ex Googlers, the guy who actually Sam Liang, the founder of that company, I believe created the pin on the Google map basically like that was his like claim to fame and i remember that's the first time I, job that was his job yeah and then i remember looking at his linkedin the one time i'm like oh my god this guy has like 25 patents i'm like oh so i you know those things are very sometimes intimidating but i think you sort of honed on something too which is this uh, i don't know there's a sort of creative flair that uh, i think that we bring to things and also really trying to go not just looking at okay great i want to you know take look at a single recording or a single meeting what about all the meetings that you've ever done? Meetings with that same person, meetings not with that same person. What are these other things that you can learn? And I, I find that there's, there's a lot of companies who want to do transcription, speech to text. Um, there's been human transcribers forever, but there it, it continues to generate so much information and data that sometimes it's still hard to derive value from it. It's a great that you have a transcription, but that transcription could be 10,000 words. So like, what do you actually do with, with that after? And I think that's what we're trying to really figure out. And then how can we build the, the power in a, in a democratized way for organizations like you've talked about to say, hey, I'm looking for this or whether that's in an individual file or I'm looking for trends over time and really helping them hone in on that and do some really powerful stuff from an analysis perspective. And then lastly, just the, the one that you touched on is like the, the, the marketing part, which is very, fa very fascinating. I think what we've done, you know, done from the embed perspective with the insights and the transcript actually embedded. And then people, when they interact with that, helping get analytics back to the user who's actually created the embed, as well as giving a lot more options for customization, branding, what insights you actually want to display in that embeddable player and everything. So um, like we're going to continue to do a lot of innovative things. And it's, it's interesting as you move into a space you start to see like, oh, there's that company and they're doing really cool stuff. And there's that company doing that stuff. And sometimes that's scary, but then other times it's like, we had that matrix of what everyone's doing. And then you start to see where speak really shines. And then like that, that is actually sort of a beautiful thing. Cause you realize this is such a massive market. This is so much to do with audio and media and transcription, but there's a lot more to be left to do and really make use of this information. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's a lot of uh, unexplored territory and it's going yeah. to be it's just going to be constantly expanding as technologies uh, expanding and improving and uh, people have different needs. Like there's probably a lot more um, like over time as like technology, you know, advances, 
uh, there's a lot of like needs and wants that just disappear and then yeah. new ones take their place and so yeah it's curious to see like what uh, how it just changes all of really um, all of daily life so much media being generated every day like this being recorded right now everyone's recording it was different before the pandemic people weren't as uh, uh, wanting, willing or wanting to, to record like meetings in person. Like I, I, you didn't have that many people who just set a phone on the table and be like, I'm recording this. I'm going to transcribe it. I'm going to analyze it. I'm going to use it to either make, you know, gather action items and insights out of it, or just to like, listen back and improve myself. And now all of a sudden everything's being recorded. And even Vatsal said, like, you know, Vatsal said last week, he watched the office hours back. He's like, I want to communicate better, you know, like that, that it's like that instant replay that we are so used to in sports, it becomes such a powerful asset now that things are recorded. So I think we're going to continue to see that and see this like self-optimization as people view themselves back or hear themselves back. And that's been a very consistent thing. I don't know, like, uh, that, for example, comedians do. It's like record their sets and then watch back and and because they're so precisely listening to moments that were bad or good or where the laughter came from so it's interesting that there are or salespeople, there's subsets of people who have been doing this for a long time but now it's starting to to move across uh, the entire world and kind of different people who are actually doing this no matter what role they're in yeah for sure and it's going to be constantly uh like new forms of communication that you're going to have to go back and um, you know, reevaluate yourself. Like it makes sense for like comedians; their entire job is communication. Yeah, exactly. makes sense for like uh, therapists, especially. It's all about communication. But what other uh, what other things are people going to be trying to improve on? Um, even just like it's not so much it has to do with like your job. Maybe just like casual conversations. It's just, like maybe I want to be a, a more funny person. I want to be a better conversationalist. Yeah. I want to get my point uh, across better so uh when was i doing well when was i doing poorly and at that point then it becomes like how do i improve like i know what uh, i don't like but like how do yeah. i get into the zone of you know this is how you're how i want to talk it feels it feels good to communicate well like it, it, one of the one of my theories i think it's a theory is like that when people can't communicate it's it's a very painful thing like it's, if you can't, if there's something happening emotionally inside of you, or, you know, you're working on something and you can't articulate it and people don't understand, that's a very debilitating experience. And uh, I, that was one of the original passions for me around speak. And then also some of the problems that I had where I was trying to talk to people about what this thing was. And I, I would just look and they would just have these like glossy eyed looks on their face. And I was like, man, this really hurts. <laughs> I just oh. Like that was, that was a painful, that was a painful experience. And uh, I don't, whether, and now of course that's in a, you know, a, a context of I'm trying to build something and share, but there are people who are having, you know, PTSD or trauma or pain or suffering in their life and they're unable to communicate it properly. And just one thing I'll add to this is very fascinating was watch this video uh, on Reddit and it was basically this mom who was um, not not responding to her child and so her child was making like get starting to get really uh, really upset because the mom wasn't responding and this was all Reddit so I have to check the validity of this but they said that the basically babies babies when they struggle to communicate that's when they get upset so a lot of um, parents have done sign language so they teach their teach their child sign language because they can't yet speak and so they can't communicate but when you teach your child sign language 
um, that they can actually communicate more. So like, you know, this means food and they can actually say that instead of just crying and not being able to articulate it with words. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder why it's easier. Maybe it's just like, I don't know, this is just throwing it out there. Maybe it's just like your <laughs> vocal cords or like your tongue and like your, your you know, mouth muscles haven't developed to the point that you yeah. can talk properly, but that's probably some pseudoscience bullshit. No, well, no, I think you're, it's something about, there's like a very uh, a normal time where human, human babies <laughs> start developing language and speaking. But before that, there's a gap in what they're trying to, to communicate to their parents. And so that's, a, it was a really interesting thing. And again, a Reddit comment, so check everything. If you guys are listening to this and you're thinking born and Tyler know what we're talking about, it's not true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just thought that was fascinating. I think just to loop back, you know, to this, you know, the part, I guess we'll just try to finish this conversation off. Somehow we started an otter and we ended up at babies communicating with sign language. <laughs> Uh, it, all comes <laughs> it all comes around the other part of this fascinating is like the path that you take to grow a company and it's it, so otter one of the reasons why they had so so much success first of all they spent uh several years building their own speech recognition system so from what i've seen it is much more accurate than most i've ever seen and they've built a very intuitive way where if you make an edit it trains the system and it gets smarter and they've also got incredible speaker identification uh, which is a gap in a lot of speech to text systems that we see. It was really interesting, and this was something that we sort of saw had a challenge with Warren was like, people were like, you can't go, you can't market to consumers and businesses at the same time. And that was something that we heard sort of over and over again. And one of the interesting things is how how successful Otter has been with that. So they actually have, you know, iPhone and Android apps that people started using. And then those, and then someone would say, this is so impactful in my life that then they would go to a comp their company and say, I'm using this. Can other people on the team start using this? Or can we buy a team account? Cause then I told someone else and they want to use it. So it spread very organically through companies. So like that was always like one of the things that we wanted to figure out here at Speak is how can we make something so valuable to an individual that they can't help but share it with the people that they're working with or even just friends and family. And we're getting towards that path. I think there's a lot of work still left to do, but that's something that I've always thought. And then the other path that Otter did beautifully was build a relationship with Zoom and became the default transcription company for Zoom, um, which is very powerful. Um, and that's how they grew and did, you know, transcribed over like a billion minutes uh, of audio or, or whatever that number is. And that becomes this training data set, this playground for them to then improve their entire system. So those are a couple of things that are, are very fascinating from, uh, you know, as I've watched and, you know, they've executed very, uh, very professionally, uh, just in terms of like Simon Lau, their VPR product. I remember a time if you were, went on Twitter and you typed in transcribe every single tweet that had anything to do with it, there was a comment by Simon saying, hey, have you checked out Honor? Like it was, it was, it was crazy stuff. So I, I think they're going to con continue to see competition. Microsoft has a ton of technology, Google, Amazon, and they all want voice data. Like no one doesn't want audio and video recordings to analyze and improve accuracy. And, and so I'm, I'm very interested to see how this plays out, but it also speaks to this very interesting way that companies grow. So we've gone at least to date, you know, we had a couple offers for investment even from some of the same firms that have actually invested in Otter, which is interesting. Um, I won't, can't say names, but that, that, that's sort of fascinating. 
Uh, but they've taken on that investment and then they've grown rapidly. I think they're on a team of maybe 40 now. I remember when they first started at 12 and then they just took an injection of $50 million in capital. So as a company who's like going much more of like an organic <laughs> sort of like sustainable, you know, like not that they're not sustainable because they're actually getting paid to do a lot of things, but like it's, it's, it's sort of scary and interesting and to see like where do companies end up, one that's taking this massive venture capital growth trajectory and then one of, you know, us who's a, still a smaller team that's growing sort of organically and consistently, um, but isn't taking on these big injections of capital to spur development or marketing or things like that. So I'm not sure if you have any thoughts around that. Yeah, it's, um, it also makes me wonder like how much uh, like of a percentage they gave away for that too. Because uh, $50 million, I'd imagine that they want quite a bit of say in the company and uh, who were these people and how much, you know, are they going to be taking hold of the reins from them? I don't know. It's curious to see uh, where they go from this. Because if they're also like these same people are also you know coming to us and who knows what other uh, transcription companies they're going to, that's maybe they're trying to get some sort of monopoly. Um, and then why, what are they trying to yeah. accomplish with this? Are they just trying to make money or do they have some, uh, some evil nefarious? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're trying to, they said they're trying to triple their team size and then aggressively hire and acquire. Um, so that, that's, that's fascinating. And I think you're right. Like there's this, I think with the system that they built, it's so scalable, um, that there is this focus on can auto transcription touch every corner of the world. Um, so they did a big deal in Japan, um, to, to build really custom speech recognition for Japan because Japanese language was not really spent. Like there's bias in the speech recognition systems that are built because they're built by, um, you know, English speakers or, um, Mandarin speakers or different speakers who are building these systems and they're not custom tailored for certain languages. So there's a big gap there. Interesting enough, we've had a lot, we've had actually several inquiries about people who said that auto did not fill their, fulfill their needs and came to us because they were looking more for this analysis perspective. So I'm interested if, if auto sticks to transcription only, or if they do start to do a lot more around the analysis piece that we care so much about and have already derived so much value for so that's a story that uh, yeah we'll continue to follow yeah hopefully hopefully they don't just fall apart and uh, have a whole bunch of money they just go wild and make some bad decisions that's it's it's the you know the the the, the part is where you know when you go through that investment route then significant returns are expected right so they're now that they've taken on uh, one of our mentors said you start on this treadmill and then if you get on that venture capital one, you basically get on a treadmill and you don't stop running until it's done. Either you've, you know, IPO'd or you died, <laughs> basically. And they don't even want you to be in the middle. They want you to be a sprint at nine on the treadmill. And like you go until, yeah, you everyone gets this you know, crazy liquidation event during an IPO or you burn out and the treadmill breaks <laughs> and everyone falls off. So they don't want someone to just drop down to a four or five speed and just jog on a marathon. Like literally that's called like zombie companies and they don't want these companies. That means they're not going to get a liquidation event and it's just going to be a growing company that grows sustainably. Very fascinating, the interplay of venture capital and investment and what they expect in return and actually their desire to not even see a company become a sustainable like um, story that doesn't have a liquidation event. So that's Always fascinating. I'll have one more note here, which is like, do you want the, the thing that I always hear is like, do you want to have a big piece 
of a small pie or a small piece of a big pie. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that. Mm. Well, it depends on what the flavor of the pie is. Oh, damn. That's true. Wow. I hate uh, mincemeat pie. So it's I <laughs> that before. That just it's gross. It's, it's horrible. I, I don't know why anyone likes it, but uh, in my mind, I, I thought of pumpkin and I, I love pumpkin. So um, I'm trying to think. So that was one story. Let me see what else that we had a couple of things. Let's go to uh, a more um, fun. <laughs> uh topic let's see that was actually a fun topic that's interesting to talk about let's talk quickly Lauren we're, we're doing um some hiring right now this is new um so I'm going to share the screen safely again uh here we go there we go digital marketing specialists so um tried to lay this out and really this comes because we have a couple new implementations starting and uh, some new contracts that are actually very exciting that we're, I mean, very happy as an organization. And really what we're trying to figure out is can we find a, a digital marketer who can fit on our team and be a good fit? So we sent this ridiculously long form out, <laughs> but this has been very helpful for us to figure out like what, you know, what, who is going to be a good fit. And I, I was actually very surprised. I thought we might have 50 applicants, but we're getting close to a bunch more coming today up to 200. Um, so uh, to be honest, we did not have the best system um, to organize this. We're getting better. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the hiring process on what you're thinking about this and yeah, just the, the whole thing in general. Yeah, we're learning. It would be nice to uh, eventually we'll have a human resource manager and they, uh, they can do it. Um, Not yet. We have, yeah, <laughs> um, we have plenty on our plate, but it was still it was fun to do and uh, uh, see what went wrong in a way. Um, not a lot went wrong, really. It's just no. We have a lot of a lot of people to yeah. sift through here, so we have to um, uh, just think about it, take our time, and um, I don't know. Uh, is there anything that you're for all the people who may be interested in this job? Is there anything that you are specifically saying like? Um, if you fit this criteria, like I know you put like your whole, uh, the ad up there and multiple ads through like LinkedIn indeed, but, um, is there anybody who's maybe going to come to an interview? What do you think? What's uh, some advice to them? Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. And actually, uh, just firstly, it's like, I don't actually, I think we did a pretty good job with the job description. And like, if it's nice to see that people actually applied and they all thought the company was good and things like that. So that's great. Um, the things that I was looking for that I think are really important and specifically this role or as a marketer is like, one of the things that really stuck out to me was if you already had a website. So I'm, you're not a web designer or web developer. So it's not like this crazy expected thing. But in my mind, if you're a if you're a marketer, you sort of have this desire to create or share or, and, and so some of the candidates really separate themselves by having that website uh, and just, you know, posting articles on it, posting things that they write, things that they're interested in. And so that's, that's one of the things that I recommend, not just for this, but in general, if, if you are a marketer, figure out how to build a small landing page, Squarespace or whatever it is and use that, get, if you can get your name.com, that looks legit. And, uh, and that's a, a big differentiator for, our, for a lot of people. I think for myself, it's a lot of it come, I, I love looking at LinkedIn profiles. Um, so uh, people sometimes don't spend time optimizing that, but it becomes a very important thing. And it's a very quick look, like maybe it's not the best process, but I, I don't actually wanna go necessarily even to look 
into the resume until I've actually taken a, a quick look at LinkedIn to see have they taken care of that. And then if I'm if there seems to be really good indicators there, then I can go look deeper into the resume and then actually some of the other things that they they print. Um, two other things. I know you're asking specifically about the interview, but we gave this one thing was like, what do you, what interests you about Speak AI? And then they asked, also asked, is there anything else you'd like us to know? And we left those as like open text areas. And um, some people put like amazing responses to both of those. Some people put not great responses to both of those. Some people didn't really even answer those. Um, just left it blank. Just left it blank. So those are really good opportunities to differentiate yourself from other candidates. And uh, for myself, it's like, I, I, you know, you can get a lot of, if you get a text area and you're a good writer, that's such an area that you can flex that you're a good writer. So spend even a minute and maybe, you know, people aren't looking at us as the be all end all they're applying for their jobs and stuff. But uh, I think that's a nice opportunity to take advantage of um, just to get specifically to the interview part. Mm -hmm. This is interesting because there's qualities that, uh, so one of the things I sort of, going back and forth on Lauren is like, uh, there's like different kinds of marketers. And one of them are what some of them are very data driven, like, you know, I love analytics and, and all that, you know, but like, and but we have you, myself, Tim Vatzel, who are all pretty good with data and analytics. So if I really need to dig down and do analysis on analytics, then um, we have a pretty strong team for that already. And everything's set up quite nicely. But what we need it is sort of right now is someone who can actually create content and, and push and actually make make things. So uh, I, we don't need more reports. We have enough reports. We need someone who can write well, who can communicate well, uh, who can create social media content, who can handle complex topics like how does multimodal analysis affect the uh, accuracy of sentiment? Like, uh, you know, like, like there's, the, the, those are complex topics. So if you don't know that default, which most people probably don't, mm -hmm. um, then you're going to have to do some research and a lot of thinking to be able to generate something that is well-informed, that educates consumers, and then also satisfies more technically knowledgeable people to show that we actually know what we're talking about and writing about uh, as well. For sure, yeah. It just seems like, uh, as seems to be, the uh, the main requirement or the main job description for all of our jobs at uh, Speak, we're all constantly researching, reading, constantly learning and developing in some way. So a lot of freedom there. It's also, yeah. uh, um, you're kind of, uh, I wouldn't say drifting, but you're kind of like in an ocean of knowledge and you don't really uh, have a map you're kind of out there exploring. Like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be some uh, comfortability with like, is that a word? Um, with that, with that ocean, like that you've experienced that I've experienced all of us have where it's like, wow, this is a massive thing that we could be doing all, and, and you just have to navigate through. And really, I mean, it comes down to also prioritizing things. It's like, I could do or research or create or look at all these things you know, how do I decide which one is which? And um, I just had one other note I think is one thing I saw a lot with creators, specifically more creators who are marketers, is they weren't very good at, they were very good at creating, but they weren't very good at tying things back to metrics. So it's like you wrote an amazing article, but you you don't understand how many people visited that page, or you don't know how many people read that article and then looked at another page, or, um, you know, actually made a phone call or submitted a contact form or something like that. So if you can, as a creator, more of a creative marketer, learn 
how to measure and then report on those things, you have a lot more um, sort of power in your skill set. Uh, yeah. So just something, yeah. A lot more like proof of exactly uh, able to quantify this was successful and this was not as opposed to like a lot of marketing i'm sure is qualitative like looks pretty but that's also a bit uh subjective in a way um but that analysis just helps you you know prove your case that i am a successful yeah. marketer well and it's it i saw the frustration um when i was working with companies especially at the start of six five who were spending all this money on social media and they were like we don't know if it works or not like uh, a, a like on a like on a on an Instagram post does not necessarily mean you're growing a business. Uh, so you know there's these surface level metrics like yay, and then there's like you know what what actually happened here and did anything valuable come out of it that hopefully in the end will drive some sort of business growth. And I I hate distilling it down to that, but like it's also just like that's what people care about. Like if you're a business, that's what you have you have to do, and even even from what I'm saying, like helping nonprofits, nonprofits care about this a lot because they're, they're, they're driving on uh, donations and support for their events. And so all of it comes down to, wow, Timothy's coming in here. Uh, all of it comes down to, can you show that something has worked or something has not worked? Timothy wanted to join today, so he's come in. Timothy. Hello. You're live. Yeah, I am. Um, How you feeling, buddy? <laughs> quite energized, been now. Uh been looking through uh, differences between single and double quotes, which um, definitely wakes you up. How are you? I'm joining at the end of this all, but I'm sure that- Hey, we're happy to have you. It's been a great, well, I've had a lot of fun. This has been a ton of fun. Um, so Tim, did you have anything that you want to say? We were just talking about, we've got this digital marketing role that's out and we're talking about, you know, what sort of, what is the advice that we could give to someone who's doing an interview? And then what is the difference between sort of a, a data analytics driven marketer versus a creator and how they should, you know, work on merging those two skill sets to become even more effective? Well, this is your context, of course. This is your area of expertise. And I said, I would just say that the more data you have and connections to just see how, what are the interactions that are being uh, completed from the user side to the application or, or any, any part of your product from ad to website to the app. Um, so what did you conclude on, conclude with this? I really, you came in sort of right, right. Basically, we're just trying to figure out what is the role that we need right now. And so it's, 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 it's almost sad sometimes because you can see all these wonderful candidates and wonderful people, but you need this person to fit this thing. And you only have so much budget and so much capacity. Oh, nice. Man. Um, to actually, <laughs> so that's, that's it. Uh, one other thing that you just said, Tim, too, that we didn't really land on is like, if you have stats from things before, put those in. So there's a couple of people who have applied and they've said, I worked for this company and I drove an 8% increase in organic search engine rankings and increased conversion rate 3.4% on homepage to newsletter signup. Like that's authority just by saying that. And the fact that you actually track that through really shows that you care about the, the work that you're doing. And I was just saying to Lauren, like we're really trying to focus on someone who can actually create content because we sort of have enough data analyzers on our team. We don't need any more reports, but if you just create and you can't measure it, then there's a gap. And we need to make sure that if you have a sea of opportunities for content you can create that you're choosing the right things and making sure it's successful for the, for the business. You know, one very, very interesting part of the content creation is that how 
our product, Speak AI application, actually streamlines that, or at least attempts to, in a way of 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 building the pipelines using Zapier integrations and and uh, WordPress post post integrations. All of this is a part of this, and I believe that all the even this of these office hours, as, in as much as our internal meetings, all of them can be analyzed and compiled into something interesting that could go into blog posts, that could go, that could compose a, an interesting point of, of, you know, a story. Justin would come up with hundreds of hypotheses about a, uh, a meeting and it would say silly things, but and prove or disprove them about sort of what's going on in one company, what is not going on in the other company and just go analyze all, all of our meetings and see with real data. There are many opportunities for such a content creator to actually look into outside of speak what we're doing with our clients, but also inside of speak what we're doing inside of our team. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's one of the things that I'm thinking about a lot right now is just people also um, people look like people are different kinds of learners, right? Visual learners, auditory reading, like different ways of learning. And if you can give media and formats that allows different types of learners to engage with it in the way that they truly want, it becomes a much more valuable asset. Uh, so that's, yeah, I think that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out is like, how can we turn a conversation into knowledge or how can we turn media into knowledge and actually even tailor that to the kind of uh, person who's engaging that and helping them learn and understand it in the best way. No, that's a big one, knowledge. I mean, the, the part where you're looking to inclusivity of different types of just people, really. People are different and as humans, we're we're definitely a very compassionate at least for sure we're compassionate to speak with and we want to emphasize with our with our potential customers and make sure that make sure that we're as as you've just said the the information is out there there's a ton of it but the way that you interface it the way that you present it the way that you just give back sort of you take it in we import all the media but then you, you we're trying to produce the knowledge out of it and, and the most important part is also the most important part besides the production of analytics and analytics and, and insights and, and everything that we do statistically or using artificial intelligence all, all all these insights that we accumulate are supposed to be delivered to and the way that we deliver it is such as you know some people do prefer listening to audiobooks instead of reading them some people would prefer listening to just one chapter because of their insufficiency of of, uh, of, uh, of um, okay no i don't want to go there but, um, um attention deficit, deficit yes you know, of course sort of, yeah. we, we're all very different and there is a spectrum to everything and ma making sure that we're inclusive in the way that we present the information is is something that i'm i'm truly actually interested let me toss you an idea so how about we make the speak using a how how, how about we Re remake speak AI so that it, 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 all the assets and interactions are um, converted into a conversation manner. Elaborate. <laughs> literally a conversation chatbot. Hmm. Simplified completely. Interesting. To make it so good that all the insights and all the visualizations all the directions that we have now are ported into not just a yes or no, but rather a half visual half. Yeah. Do you see it as an individual, an interaction with an individual 
piece of media or knowledge or are you thinking querying into the entire all of it yeah we're moving towards that we're i mean except we can't say the program but we're it sounds like we're going to get approved and we're going to be able to move forward with this alexa and google assistant integration which is really going to build the core components of that and we can even then put it into a much more uh, computerized version of a chatbot uh, as well too so i think that's very exciting and at the start of this, you missed out on this a bit, but we would talk well, quite a bit actually. Lauren and I were talking about Otter and the and this massive investment they have, but there's just some things that we're approaching in that manner that are uh, you know very unique. And I think if we can execute properly on that, I really I'm glad that you guys enjoy this part about like the knowledge piece. It's like that is a core part of what we're trying to do and accomplish. And very excited to do that through like interfaces that you're talking about, Tim, and then also voice interaction. I'm actually just excited about the embed player, which I hope that was alive and okay. And I hope you, <laughs> uh, is like, you know, I want to listen to the, I want to listen to the audio and then read the transcript. But then while I'm listening now, I've switched into the insights panel and I want to do a visualization of a chart to see what, um, you know, what keywords were mentioned most. And it's just like seamless interaction to how you interact with data. Um, the way you want. I just find that very exciting. And I personally find at different times of the day, depending on my mental, like cognitive load or what I did that day, I want to interact with media in different ways. So say I looked at data all during the day for a work or a client or something. At the end of the day, I just want to sit back and watch a video or just listen to audio. And we're really presenting all those formats to people to, to do it not just as different types of learners, but the mood that you're in or even how much your mind has gone through that day. Very interesting part is also the customization. You just mentioned the uh, if we do land the con okay, maybe I'm not should be saying just, that. just say no. We're going to move forward with it anyway. So there just might be a wonderful grant that is going to help us uh, push the innovation quicker. Right. So innovation using and and we would uh, develop the integrations for Alexa, Amazon Alexa, and Google uh, Actions, Google Actions platform, and the Dialogue Flow, which is a uh, more uh, which is more developer uh tuned platform for uh for uh for uh it's very interesting they actually updated their their the infrastructure of google actions which work directly with assistant with hey google thing and they have the dialogue flow which enables you to build your own interface such as hey speak because it's a totally different like there you either integrate with an existing ecosystem such as hey google to phone without any app running on it that's what google actions are or you're developing your own app using dialogue flow and hooking it up and you know and you talk with your app instead but the the actions will um i've just been thinking about it the way that you could produce the sound well in the like in a developer is a is a the first iteration is to have the textual output. Second iteration to bring the visuals in, meaning the text plus like yes or no becomes in a nice visualization chart and there is interactions to the insights and token. All of this is sort of, sort of that's the second iteration where it becomes visually interactive. The third iteration is to have this um, voiceover. And the interesting part with that is that you can synthesize that. You can synthesize it with a text to speech and Sometimes it sounds silly, but it's it's good. We have good models that that uh, that uh, transfer sequences of text into speech. But fourth iteration is to hire a, a voice actor and to actually narrate it more or less. Not the numbers, indeed, but uh, but the 
the prompt and and all of this in all the all the predefined phrases are are to be narrated and you you sort of a you become a creative director of a movie of an interactive movie with your sort of you're, you're developing a persona you're developing a, a scenario you're writing out lines all of this is is a um, just stunning just, process yeah. just just to add on like the thing that i'm interested in, so there's this idea of like these voice actors uh which and actresses uh but like there's so much now voice synthesis going on i'll just use the example there's a company called descript that then bought a, an ai research firm called lyrebird and lyrebird allowed you if you recorded i believe up to 10 minutes 10 minutes if you record 10 minutes of audio they make you say all the phonemes and everything and now they've got you're basically vocal print identified and they can make you generate say anything that you want with extreme accuracy so i thought of two things there you're talking about all the scenarios you could never reach that scale through voice actor you would kill them their voice their throat would <laughs> disrupt and, but through a voice synthesis like that you could accomplish it seamlessly and then i also think about G i always get it wrong gpt3 um also generating for example scenarios or writing combined with voice synthesis the amount of information that is going to be generated in not too long that we will have almost no idea if it came from a real person or not um i'll just add one last thing to this this uh there's a, a tom cruise deep fake that's floating around tip 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 right now that is pretty stunning i just watched a couple clips to this morning and uh, oh my god man like it's it's so we're moving into a space like the, the thing is we're hoping to do is actually create value and hopefully spur creativity um with this technology in a positive way um let's focus on that let's not you know that's 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 where we're focused on that but you can see what's what's possible here with this kind of tech do you guys know what uh have you ever like played around with deepfakes at all have you ever tried out the uh, technology for that no i've just watched and, uh, you i'm guessing you have is why you're asking this no no i'm just <laughs> <laughs> tim Again? do you know like how you do you do you actually even know how to make a deepfake there's like democratized websites for it like there's there's like it's like deepfake.com or something like it's not it's not this crazy complex development code anymore it's like people have slapped on a ui on it and you can do it with a couple commands um from a front end of an internet well more or less technically it goes i know how the gan networks are built general adversarial networks which essentially try to sort of it's a, it's a it's a game we we metaphors Metaphor, metaphorize it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter to explain this. So, we have a a an artist and a forger, the one who tries to forge the art, the, the painting, for example, of Mona Lisa. And so, the artist, the original, is reality. Ten minutes of your audio, for example, or ten hours of movies with with uh, of clips with. Um, uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Now the forger is so the GAN is inside of the inside of this inside of this model. There is a reinforcement learning loop inside of it. So it's built upon. Uh, so so it, it's it's a it's built upon the reinforcement learning upon which all all self-driving cars, for example, are made, or robotics and you know self uh, the, the balancing robots and etc. But so. It tries to get better at, at painting the same picture over and over again, 
via iterations. And as soon as it becomes almost indistinguishable, we can we we can finally synthesize something something better with and data which was un meaning that you give it the data which exists and you're just comparing it second to second. How does it look like? How he, does his face look in this particular frame? And you just paint it better next time. But then you give it a totally fresh line or a, you, you sort of, it's very, very interesting part where they apply it to, they utilize um, 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 AR kit. Uh, Apple's framework, they have a, a model just specifically to recognize the contours of your eyes and brows and, and nose and, and your mouth, how it moves, so that you have a, a and now that we have the a lighter scanners on, on uh, iPhone 12 Pro and, and, and iPad, they get it perfectly. You have the 3D mask of your face in a, like a, a 3D clip of your face. And they apply this deep fake to, to sort of, I, I would say that there is a large improvement in the quality of it as soon as we combine those two technologies where we see the exact contours of the face and how, how you could apply something like a Tom Cruise's mask or uh, start making even better deep fakes with, with this tech. Beautiful. That was great, Tom. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I, I mean, um, that's a very complex top, uh, topic to try to explain to Lauren and I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one just one thing about that was I read this thing. I forget. I don't know the guy's name, but basically, it's a learning modality, which is basically can you articulate uh, complex topics um, to a, a person in a kid in sixth grade? And if you've accomplished that, then you have a true comprehension of the actual concept or technology or or process. So I think um, you know you did a great job there actually explaining that. Well, it makes sense. You got to boil it down to the to the fundamental truths. Yeah. So. Um, it's not there yet. No. We're still developing it all. And SpeakAI is just on the other convergence yeah. of those tech. We're, we're on convergence of voice and the knowledge, just understanding pr production of those insights. It's a, it's a beautiful um, experience just being in here, being yeah. on, the, on the edge and the horizon of technology being developed. But Tim, Tim, I'm sad. That, I'm sorry about this thing that you could come to this meeting the other day. Um, that, like, you know that I can't disclose too much about it, but like it, that's what it felt like. We felt like we were, it was like pioneers. You know, it felt like we we're uh, trying to land on Mars, but in our in our own way. Um, this, you know, so it, and I could even see like uh, that's all after the conversation came downstairs, and he was just mind blown. Like so, that was a really exciting moment. I I will bring you into these. I hope we'll have more interactions like that. But it just it does. It, it, it I had this feeling in my heart that it's like wow, we are really pushing some boundaries here and trying to figure out some things that are uncharted. And these are with you know very important people doing exciting things. So it's a wonderful, wonderful moment. And to see how much the work that we've done that for years people sort of said like why are you doing this or this doesn't make any sense or like it all came together in, in in an hour so it was very exciting uh very exciting moment i'm not meaning to make you uh jealous tim i'm sorry it was uh, i just wanted to share it's it's beautiful <laughs> sorry i should have said that it was just it, it, it it's it is that that's what's happening with some of the people that we're working with right now and the way that they're applying this technology it's going to be used in ways that can truly change people's lives and it feels very exciting to be a part of that um yes. definitely is part of being and just being a customer of speak to and we do 
very much uh, appreciate all the feedback that our customers give us because we're growing with you if you're listening to this and utilizing our app. And, and um, if you haven't given us feedback, do it because the, 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 your opinion is something that makes us grow. And, and we care, we actually really care. And I, I know that, that we really do. And uh, I know how much when we hear from someone, um, we actually take that deeply into consideration and try to figure out what, what, what we can do. Um, Tim, you came in a little bit late to this conversation. Lauren and I have been going here for a good hour. So I think we do want to try to wrap this up. I had three things, unfortunately, that we're not going to go to in depth, but just to share quickly and get this, um, you know, this is, uh, I hope I've done this right. Lauren, I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> already had a fault start on, uh, on our, on our, we had to start over. That's we had to start over. We're only a couple minutes in. Um, this is interesting. And I don't know if you've seen this uh, at all, Tim, but Google first Canadian, I think this is in Canada. Yeah. So Google for startup accelerator. So they picked 10 companies to go in here. We were actually just under eligibility. We had to have five full-time employees, but some very interesting companies in there and just, you know, some, some, you know, for anyone, I'll drop this in the link after underneath the video uh, and some, some fascinating stuff. And obviously if Google's, you know, they're not investing in those companies, but they're doing a lot of technical due diligence and work and support and see some see some good people that we know, some friends and some very interesting platforms. One of them that I really love is Toronto-based uh, company, Babbly. So they're using speech analysis to give um, parents insights on their child's um, speech development. Just such a beautiful use case for some of the technology um, that we're that that you know that we're also passionate about and working on, and it's great to see. Like this is some of the more most focused, biggest leaders in this space, and um, we were actually part of the Amazon Alexa accelerator uh, mentioned in this, um, which was you know very interesting, um, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how this continues to emerge. And then lastly, on the on the side, this was just great. I'm still not exactly sure how I feel about the the mess the, the the name of this the title. That's okay. But Indie Hackers is an amazing website that you know uh, that we've been big fans of, fans of. I remember Vatsal um, first listed us on this, and this was a, a point where. I didn't know how Vatsal felt about transparency of company of our company. Where I was like, I sort of just want to share everything, and I don't know how you feel, Vatsal. Uh, and then he went forward one day and just put this indie hackers, which is basically document your growth in public, and and you find a supportive community around that. And what was amazing was we just sort of listed on the site, but they saw all the updates and everything that were they were doing, and they actually reached out and published an article. Um, for us. So really, um, it's great read. I'll share this in. It's, it's, it's fascinating. And it was, you know, they interviewed me, but we got to talk about the team, um, talk about the roadmap. Also got some wonderful links back to our site and a little bit more about our story and everything and even some of the tech and everything. So um, pretty, pretty exciting moment for us. And this is a, a big, big company um, uh, with connected with Stripe and to just get this feature was really awesome. So uh, I tried to make sure to shout out to all our friends that we could and, uh, and yeah, hope, hope some, hope some good stuff comes from it. So it just got shared uh, not, not very long ago. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. So those are just a couple of last things that I wanted to wrap up on so much more. We've got some in-app recording coming soon. We've got a Google Chrome extension coming. There's a lot of, a lot of crazy, exciting stuff coming. Um, as long as Max was okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I hope he is. Uh, Lauren, Tim, anything that you wanted to get off your uh, get off your chest or say before we, we wrap this office up? And Tim, I'm glad you joined. I, uh, I uh, you know, come in anytime. Lauren and I were happy. We were having a great conversation, but it felt sad to not have you and Vassal here. So I'm really happy you came in and, and popped in and said hi. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, it's we've been we've been quite deep this this couple a couple of last weeks we've been quite deep into uh, bringing together our transcription services which we do hope are are um, best on the market um, took us a bit of effort uh, missing Basel too we need him back need him back yeah um, Lauren anything you're thinking. That. That's too bad about that horrible car accident that took our dear Vatsal. Don't say that. Don't even put that juju. I was just to say, I was just to say, um, you know, what happens to Speak AI if, if Vatsal gets hit by a bus? And he's like, uh, Tato, stop saying that. <laughs> I'll never take another bus as long as I live. Exactly. So no, we Vatsal's still alive and, and pumping, but I can tell that look when he's like zoned in and he just wants to fig figure something out. And when someone's in that zone, and that goes for you guys too, anytime you feel that way, um, just let us know because it's like we we all want, we all know that we've got the best intentions at heart. We're just trying to get things done the right way. So, um, okay, guys are good. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. Yeah, this was a ton. Yeah, the fun. But we got that uh, false start of the way, Lauren, and uh, we did it. We did it. So this was uh, I, I'll get it right this time. Number six, office hours number six. Thank you for everyone who watches these or joins. Uh, this has been a ton of fun, and I don't know. Like I'll just say one last thing, but like. Tim and Lauren, like you guys, um, what I think is so fascinating is um, Lauren, maybe a little bit more as you're sometimes it's like sort of introverted, um, you know, uh, sort of non-public person. And then, but, and then Tim in, in his own way as well too, but we rally here in these conversations and it feels like we're just having person, normal conversations that we get to have. And I'm really appreciative that you guys have like gone beyond that and just sit and enjoy these conversations. It really means a lot to me. And uh, I, I'm excited to see the growth that we've all had together. Yeah, no problem. It's been a lot of fun. Looking forward to more. Beautiful. Tim, good. Okay, guys, right. I'll see you soon. Have a good afternoon. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye -bye. You too. Take care.